0: Ooh, <laughs>
1: Aloha, hola, bonjour, hello. Wherever you're from, we want to give you a big warm welcome. I'm your host, Brooke Darling, and coming up in this episode of Journalism Over Coffee, we're considering diversity in the media and why it is, oh, so, so important. So sit back, relax, and listen to what I got to say while you sip your coffee. Although it is a topic that is indeed familiar, racism, oh my gosh they're censoring me, yes I said it, racism, in our country has become a heated debate in the wake of events that have taken place within I would say the past couple of years give or take, along with discussions related to police brutality, cultural appropriation, and sexual misconduct, wink wink Harvey Weinstein, Racial discrimination in the workplace now is something that often comes up. Our society has this weird, twisted tendency to deny that any racial discrimination actually exists. At times it can even smack you right in the face, yet the topic still manages to get swept underneath the rug, habitually, meaning it happens again and again and again when will the madness actually stop as an aspiring journalist one of the things i wish not to be concerned with is whether i will face more difficulties becoming successful in my field for one i am a woman and gender bias is nothing new when it comes to media professions for example take barbara walters She is known for being one of the most seasoned interviewers in broadcast journalism. And when I say seasoned, I mean seasoned. If she were a meat, she would have everybody wanting to know what her secret ingredient was. That made her taste so, so good. I'm sorry, I'm really hungry, but hopefully you get the point. But let's get back on track. When she entered the field more than 50 years ago, It was a man's world. Let me correct myself, it still is a man's world. But Ms. Walters honestly had it really hard. This was a time where you rarely even saw females reporting the news at all. As she worked to make a name for herself, she discovered what an uphill battle it was for female journalists in a male dominated industry. Let's take a listen to a brutally honest experience. Okay, so we're back. And first and foremost, I want to say I love Barbara Walters. And I truly believe she is a pioneer for all women in the industry of journalism, regardless of your ethnicity or race. All of us can look at her and admire the longevity of her career and the quality of her work. It saddens me that she had to go through all of that. But at the same time, I feel like had she been a black or a Hispanic or doesn't really matter what anything but white, the issue would have been a lot worse. I'm talking 20 times worse. As a woman of color, the issue becomes even more complex. You can't even imagine how many times I've gotten the questions Does it matter if media companies don't hire many minorities? What's wrong with an all-white newsroom? Well, I'm here today to answer that. And the answer is, yes, it does matter. The truth is, recent studies show that the journalism industry has not seen much change in the past decades. Julie Burton, president of the Women's Media Center, points out, That only a third of stories published by major media outlets are written by women. By 2014, minority groups accounted for 22.4% of television journalists, 13% of radio broadcasters, and 13.3% of journalists at daily newspapers. It is not uncommon for major media outlets to have few reporters that belong to minority groups. Many journalists of color only find themselves flourishing in programs, websites, and stations aimed for urban audiences. They're basically being told by the major media outlets that they're not wanted, that their urban voices aren't valued. And that's why these ethnic publications come about. They respond to the lack of representation in mainstream media. These publications or Urban outlets give diverse communities a way to express their thoughts and experiences. Many fail to realize the importance of including reporters of varying gender, ethnic backgrounds, or religions on a staff of journalists. With diversity in the field, publications have the ability to reach these communities and relay their stories to the whole world. Incomplete news coverage can ultimately have negative effects on companies and audiences. Bias reports are never a good look. It does the reader and viewer no justice if he or she is unaware of the opinions, emotions, or concerns of society as a whole. Oh my gosh, if people would just get that. I have a clip from the YouTube channel Media Matters for America. It's entitled, Why You Should Give a Shit About Media Diversity. In this clip, you hear the voice of Carlos Maza, and also investigative reporter for the New York Times, Nicole Jones. You also hear a few other voices from various media outlets. Take a listen.
2: MSNBC is pulling the plug on its weekend morning news show, Melissa Harris-Perry, a huge setback for diversity on cable news. Aside from being the only woman of color hosting an editorial cable news, Melissa Harris-Perry consistently had the most diverse set of guests of any Sunday morning news show, a wide margin. Without her, Sunday mornings on cable news are basically a white man's game. But cable news is just part of a much broader media diversity problem. The number of people of color in print and radio newsrooms has been basically stagnant for the past 20 years. Who cares, right? News is news. Or as Melissa Harris-Perry once put it,
1: What difference does it make if a black man or a white woman is calling the shots at the New York Times or your local radio station? Or in your favorite cable news show.
2: Why does it matter if the stories we hear and read in the media are primarily being told by white people?
3: Does institutional racism exist anymore? No, it does not.
2: It's easy to think about diversity as a newsroom problem. It's become one of those buzzwords that's fairly meaningless.
3: Um, I think we tend to think of it as something that's feel-good or or something that's nice and not as something that's necessary and that's imperative. But it's more than that the problem. We're often not thinking about it that way because white is normative. And so there's a sense that white journalists are neutral and that they are able to see everything in a neutral, unbiased way. But of course... That's not true. White journalists are human beings. When you're a white journalist and you grew up in a community where actions with police are respectful, where your schools aren't segregated and you have quality teachers, that is definitely going to
2: bleed into how you're covering schools. Journalists and commentators can't do good work.
3: There's no journalist who doesn't have a blind spot. There are not any human beings who don't have blind spots. It's not that these errors are intentional.
2: You understand the world in a specific way based on their own experiences, backgrounds, and biases. The absence of people of color on TV and in newsrooms means that a lot of bullshit slips up by undetected, like when Fox News convenes all white panels to talk about race in America. Look kind out of Tourette's Syndrome these days, it just constantly saying the word racism and racism is white on black racism black on white racism but it is not the majority of americans by any and it's not just the ridiculous fox panels think about the coverage of baltimore or ferguson white journalists who likely haven't experienced racist police treatment or the effects of institutionalized racism but ended up focusing on the reactions of protesters instead of focusing on the long-term inequalities that led to the protests in the first place <laughs>
3: steal and burn down a CVS and about old person's home, I mean, come on. Not having that diversity, just one side of the story tends to get told. And that there isn't pushback, there isn't, um, there aren't conversations being had to say,
2: is this really fair? Having people of color on TV and in the newsroom creates a natural check against bullshit. You to tell us we're not having that experience when you're not living it, you're not in our bodies, it's insulting for
3: you to say, oh, that's not happening. How can you say that? to say... I know I'm coming from this perspective. How do I mitigate that with my reporting to make sure that it's fair? And one way of doing that, of course, is is having
2: diversity. News media is a huge part of the way that we tell stories about ourselves and the world around us. Those stories to be fair, accurate, and smart. The newsrooms behind them have to reflect the communities they're reporting on. We need to stop thinking about the media as a luxury good. White newsrooms are broken newsrooms.
1: America is known to the world as a melting pot. And that is because of the different cultural backgrounds that are in this country. However, it is an issue when all the cultures are not represented properly. Only 10% of the 40,090 journalists that reside in America and have full-time jobs, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, are minorities. This goes back to the difficulties minorities face when obtaining jobs, not just in journalism, but in basically every major industry in America. It has to be clear that the regularity in the newsroom ceases the ability to report on growing trends based on different perspectives. Diverse reporters with their stories may not always be well-received, But you know what? They tend to be more sensitive with issues pertaining to them. They strengthen ties with their communities. Getting rid of discrimination is needed for the better functioning of newspapers, and it paves the way for properly educating the masses. Let's take a three-minute break and hear a word from our sponsors. When we come back, we'll talk about why this problem is happening now, since we've discussed what the problem is.
0: It's easy to put people in boxes. There's us, and there's them. The high earners, and those just getting by. Those we trust, and those we try to avoid. There's the New Danes, and those who've always been here. The people from the countryside, and those who've never seen a cow. The religious, and the self-confident. There are those, we share something with, and those we don't share. Welcome. I'm going to ask you some questions today. Some of them can be a little person, but I hope you will answer them. Who in the room was the class's clown? and then suddenly us we who believe in life after death you who've seen UFOs and all of us who love to dance we who've been bullied and we who've bullied others As us, the lucky ones who've had sex this past week. (laughs) We who are broken hearted. We who are madly in love. We who feel lonely. We who are bisexual. who acknowledge the courage of others. We who have found the meaning of life. And then there's all of us who just love Denmark. So maybe there's more that brings us together than we think. TV2 Denmark. All that we share.
1: Okay, so we're back, and I wanted to consider an analysis published in the Columbia Journalism Review by Alex T. Williams. He's a PhD student at the University of Pennsylvania. And in his analysis, he basically addresses the question of why there are so few minorities in mainstream media. He rules out the fact that the cause is that there are few minorities who pursue journalism. In fact, In this report, he says minorities make up 21.4% of graduates with degrees in journalism or communications. But less than half of minority graduates find full-time jobs, while two-thirds of white graduates do. These disparities aren't just seen in one area of journalism, but all of them. I'm talking print, broadcast, radio. You name it. Minorities with specializations in either print or broadcast journalism are 17% less likely to find full-time jobs than their white classmates. Those who focus on public relations are 25% less likely to be hired full-time. And only those specializing in advertising had similar employment rates, with minorities trailing their classmates in this field by only 2%. The problem stems from the way many publication hire. As Williams points out, newsrooms often value the types of internships and experiences that minorities are less likely to have. They're less likely to have attended schools that have campus newspapers or less likely to join them. They also may not have the financial support that enables some aspiring journalists to spend weeks, months, or years working unpaid internships. They may also not even have access to the same types of networks that their white peers do, which can lead to important referrals and informal job support. Tonight, we've considered diversity. What aspects of it is lacking in the journalism community and what causes it? I ask that you really give this some thought and go out into the world and think about how you can be more diverse. Good night. And that's it for this episode of Journalism Over Coffee.
4: This is what I tell, especially young women. Fight the big fights. Don't fight the little fights. If you don't get all the lines, if you're not where you should be, be the first one in, be the last one out. Don't choose your battles. Don't whine. And don't be the one who complains about everything, the big fights. The world of television journalism was a man's world. A secret, for example, that I had difficulty with a wonderful newsman named Peter Jennings. Peter Jennings was great. Uh, He could write like a dream. He was such a superb newsman. He wasn't superb to me. He would cut me off. He would never say thank you or that's interesting. And and we all sort of took it for granted. Uh, It's changed. And I don't want to put Peter down. It was thought of then. The so-called hard news, a woman couldn't do it. The audience wouldn't accept voice. She couldn't go into the war zones. She couldn't ask the tough questions. The fact that I did ask the tough questions was controversial. Some people admired it. Others said, you know, she's rude. Uh, On the one hand, it made me more valuable. On the other hand, I got the reputation as being a pushy cookie. There goes that pushy cookie. If I said to a politician, yes, but you didn't answer my question, it sounded terrible. If a man said it, it didn't sound terrible. You know, I was the
1: pushy one. Okay, we're going to go into a break and we're going to listen to the smooth sounds of Jack Garrett's Surprise Yourself. And when we get back, I'll give you my opinion on what I thought of that interview that Barbara Walters did for Oprah's Masterclass.